This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of 1 John. And it seems like maybe David was content with it, like he was satisfied with playing his whatever it was. It wasn't exactly a guitar, but precursor. Playing his instrument, writing his songs, watching the sheep, hanging out. But God saw in David's heart a man who could express his heart for his people. The heart of a shepherd. So he stirred David to go and slay the enemy's champion. King David started out as a humble shepherd. He was the youngest of eight brothers and therefore the last in line. However, Pastor Robert teaches us today that God chose David to lead his people because of David's heart. David never lost sight of who he was and where he came from. Now here's Pastor Robert with part one of today's message in 1 John chapter 2. You know, to me, one of the saddest and most frightening stories in the whole Bible is the, the life of King David. Acts chapter 13, verse 22 tells us that God called David a man after his own heart, a man who would do all of his will. But David wrecked his family. He wrecked the kingdom of Israel by allowing his fallen human nature to govern him at one critical moment in his life. Most of us know the story. We're going to look at it just a little bit before we're done today. But young David was a worshiper, a musician, a young man who loved the Lord and walked in close communion with him. He, he wrote songs of praise and worship. He gave us most of the Psalms. So what happened? What caused him to fall so far as to commit adultery with Bathsheba, and then murder her husband to cover up the sin. And how can we avoid the same kind of trap that David fell into? 1 John chapter 2, verse 24 says, Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. These things I've written to you concerning those who try to deceive you, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. And now little children abide in him that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. 
as a young man, David spent long hours out in the wilderness tending to the family's sheep. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 12 tells us David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and who had eight sons. The man was old, advanced in years in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. The names of his three sons who went to the battle were Eliab the firstborn, next to him Abinadab, and the third, Shammah. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So David, the Bible says, was born to a a guy named Jesse who in the times of King Saul was already an old man. The way the Bible words it, he was really old, right? Advanced in years. And he had eight sons. Why does the Bible go into all this detail and tell us all these? It's like, you know, what, what do we care? I don't, I don't care what this guy's name was. I don't care about. Yeah, but it's important. These details are important to us. Because in this era, in, in this time, tradition dictated that the firstborn son inherited everything when the patriarch died. And the Bible wants us to understand that David had no shot. Do you understand? He's number eight. So even if Eliab died, Abinadab got it. If Abinadab died, Shammah got it. You know, it's like he was just a poor nobody at the mercy of his older brothers because that's the way it worked, right? The older brother, and he actually owned everything and he was supposed to take care of everybody else. He, he became the patriarch. David was destined to a life of obscurity, just working the farm, doing his little thing. You know, it's, it's actually not a bad life if you think about it. I remember, you know, many, many years ago, 30-something years ago, I was working in retail and I had a great job. The company that I worked for was owned by the Woolworth Company. So we got, as, as once, you know, store managers got stock purchase discounts, you know, not really stock options, but exactly, but, but every year you had the option to purchase at a discount a certain amount of stock. And um, great program. All these years later, I, I, you know, I, I have 10 shares of stock in what was Woolworth because it keeps reinvesting. You know, I get like, I got a notice this past week, I got my dividend, $2.61. <laughs> but they reinvested it. And um, so over the years, I forget how many I, I had something, I think I had seven shares and now because they keep reinvesting my $2, it's up to 10 after 30 years. <laughs> Forgot where I was going with that. Now my, uh, my district manager at one point pulled me aside and, and he said, you know, I was, when I was an assistant manager, he said, you know, you got the best job in this company. I said, why? And he said, well, because you, you make a decent living and if your sales, if you do well, if, if you really produce sales, you shine. But there's no spotlight on you. There's nobody watching you. Your, your manager, your boss, we're all over him. If the store doesn't produce, we're on him. 
If I don't produce as a district manager, if the stores in my district don't produce, they're all over me. They're watching me. But as an assistant manager, you shine if you do well, and if you don't do as well, you get a little bit of heat from your manager, but it's not really that big a deal unless you just sit down and stop working. He's like, you got a, you got a great job. And, and, you know, David, he kind of had a great had a great gig. Just tend the sheep. It was Eliab's job to make sure he didn't starve. He had seven older brothers to make sure he was kept safe. You, you follow my rationale with this? It could, be a, it could be kind of a comfortable life, right? And it seems like maybe David was content with it, like he was satisfied with playing his whatever it was. It wasn't exactly a guitar, but precursor, playing his instrument, writing his songs, watching the sheep, hanging out. But God saw in David's heart a man who could express his heart for his people, the heart of a shepherd. So he stirred David to go and slay the enemy's champion, Goliath, when Goliath was intimidating and mocking the armies of Israel. You remember the story? David and Goliath. So after that, after David defeated Goliath, King Saul wanted to reward him. He said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my daughter. I'm going to make you part of the family. And David's response was classic. David basically said, why? I'm a nobody. I have nothing. And King Saul sent word to David and he said, I'm, I'm not gonna ask you for any kind of dowry like would be traditional. I know you can't, you can't really afford, you know, to, or not dowry, but any kind of bride payment. I'm not gonna ask you for any of that because I wanna give you my daughter. I tell you what, here's, here's what I want. Just bring me, a, bring me the foreskins of 100 Philistines. You understand, you don't get those without a fight. So <laughs> you're gonna need to go and kill 100 enemy soldiers and bring me proof that they're dead. And that was the idea. But the point that I want to make today is that, listen to me carefully, David knew who he was. David said, I'm nobody. I'm nobody. I'm just a kid from Bethlehem, son number eight. I got nothing. so much for joining us today. We are so excited. Opportunities to air Main Thing Radio are popping up all over the United States. We are so thankful to God for what He's doing. And we would love to see Main Thing Radio continue to expand, sharing the gospel, teaching God's Word all over the world. But of course, bringing you Main Thing Radio on this station comes at a cost. We purchase time on this radio station, and this program has been professionally produced. While we certainly don't want to pressure anyone into giving, we would like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio. Your support will open up more doors for Main Thing Radio. To make a secure donation, please log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. 
Now here's Tracy with some more information about the Main Thing Radio podcast. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks, Tracy. Join us next time for another edition of Main Thing Radio.